Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Overemphasize uh, his uh, importance in our lives, and we need to know him better. I need to know him better. We need to know him better, don't we? There's so much that the Holy Spirit offers us. Uh, He gives us companionship and comfort. I know that there have been several key times in my life where I've been going through something traumatic, and during the midst of that time, sensing uh, the presence of God come on me and the comfort uh, of the Holy Spirit, that companionship of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for Him. and, you know, I didn't put this in your notes, but we're going to cover it during, uh, in this series about how He speaks to us. There, uh, he speaks, really, God speaks to us a lot more than we realize. There, there are so many of us, we are wanting to be able to hear from God better. I do. I still, I, I've been at this for a while, but I am still uh, learning and uh, trying to discern better the voice of God. And, and having said that, I believe, I know this is true, and we're going to talk about it later in the series, the Holy Spirit really does, God really speaks to us a lot more than we may realize at, at the moment. You know, because we hear people talking about, well, the Lord said this to me, and God spoke this to me, and all that. And I know some of you here have thought, man, I wish God would speak to me. And what we're envisioning is that person like hearing an audible voice of God? And I'll tell you, there are some people that do seem to hear God more often. I, and I don't know. I, I, but it, and conversations and stuff. And I think that's great, you know. Uh, but I am still, I do hear from God, but we need to hear from Him more and better, really. But we need to understand He speaks to us a lot more than we may realize. We're going to talk about this in the upcoming weeks. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reveals God's will and His plan for our lives. All of us as God's people need to know the plan, that God has a, a plan for us as individuals. It's not just for those who are in ministerial positions like a pastor or an evangelist or, or prophets or whatever. But for every individual in the body of Christ, God has a unique plan for each of us. We are all unique individuals, and He has a plan for us. And so uh, the Holy Spirit, as we live for God, reveals that plan, and we walk it out with Him. Uh, The Holy Spirit gives us the power to live the Christian life, and uh, we need that. We need Him uh, to give us the power to live this life. We can't do this. The Christian life is impossible to pull off by yourself. Can't do it. People who try to do it, religious people who are just religious without relationship with God, uh, they don't do a good job of it. They always mess it up, and they get legalistic and become pharisaical, you know. Uh, One old preacher said all the Pharisees didn't die in the first century. And so... (laughs) That's, that's, and he's talking about just people that are religious and don't really have a relation, never really got saved. They just kind of go through motions, try to, and so it's, it's a bad way to live. 
Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be a witness, to speak for Jesus, and so much more. And so in the weeks ahead, we're going to look at, in depth at who the Holy Spirit is and what we are promised through His influence in us. It's a whole lot. I mean, it's a whole lot. <clears throat> now, I've always known, and I was taught from the moment that I got saved, and I knew that, that and, and I was told, and I believed it, that the Holy Spirit, the moment I got saved, came to live inside of my life. And so I, I have appreciated that. But I am gaining, as the years go on, time goes on, and, and, and all, I am learning uh, how much more He is to me and wants to do in me and in us. And so that's why we're going into this class, is to find out uh, who He is and what He wants to do in us. Isn't that good? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. This is King James Version, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, in the English Standard Version, it, it reads like this, same verse, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in us that brings change. He helps us change. And I've been a Christian almost 50 years uh, now. And uh, I, I am so grateful that when I got saved, that wasn't it. That I just, I, I mean, everything that God had for me was put into my spirit at that moment, but all of my Christian life has been, and our Christian lives, our discovery of how much God, how big God is, how much God has for us, and that's what gets unpacked as we live the Christian life. We begin to gain more and more insight into uh, who God is and what He wants to do in our lives. Isn't that right? Yeah. And I even find out that uh, He still is changing me. Yeah. 48 years I've been a Christian, over 48 years, and I, I still need to be changed more from one degree of glory to another. Somebody say glory. glory. <laughs> uh, and, the, the, and there are things that I want to gain in my understanding of who He is. And so this is why the Holy Spirit is so important. Now, tell yourself, the Holy Spirit is changing my life. He is. As we allow Him to work and move in us, He is changing us from one degree of glory to another. Uh, Jesus emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life in John chapter 7, 38 and 39, he says, and, but he who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, as the Scripture has said, <clears throat> out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. 
Now, Jesus said this is what was going to happen in our lives, is that the Holy Spirit was going to be like rivers of living water. Now, as I look at myself, I have to question myself and, and ask myself every once in a while, are rivers, rivers of living water flowing out of me? And uh, I don't know that always it seems like, a, like rivers, you know, are flowing out. I, I need to be more of a vessel that pours out. And so I think that's true of probably all of us. River, I, listen, I don't want to be a drip when that can be rivers. Later for that drip stuff. Right? Okay. Jesus said he'd be like rivers of living water. The most powerful river in the world is the Amazon. Now, there's a story in the, uh, the old days, uh, old, old days way back, of the sailing ships of a ship that had, and this uh, is a true story, the ship had been out to sea for many days and they'd run out of water. The men on board were dying of thirst. <clears throat> uh, then they spotted uh, another ship. They, couldn't, they weren't going to have time to get into the, to the coast and get water. They were dying of thirst. It just wasn't happening. And so uh, uh, they saw another ship and they began to cry out for help and for water. And so the men on the other ship yelled out, Throw down your buckets. And these guys in the ship, they go, no, you don't understand. We're dying. We're, we've had no water. We're dying of thirst here. And they, uh, the guys yelled out again, throw down your buckets. And the men on the ship thought, well, these guys are just mocking us, you know, making fun of us. And so, but out of desperation, uh, they decided to lower a bucket. They lowered that bucket, brought it back up, took a taste, because you can't drink seawater and live. They took a taste of it and it was fresh water. What they didn't know is that miles away from them, the Amazon River emptied into the ocean with such force that it pushed fresh water almost 100 miles out into the ocean. The main stem of the Amazon's mouth is 50 miles Long. There are tributaries and all that makes it even longer, like twice as much or something. But 50 miles long where it empties into the ocean. The river is so big that it accounts for one-fifth of the world's total river flow. Wow. Now, so when Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be like rivers, I like to think it's like Amazons of living water. And so... Uh, I need that more in my life. We need that more to, to, to flow. And so my encouragement to us uh, in this series is for us to throw down our buckets. Amen. Throw down our buckets. Amen. In the book of John, chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, 14 through 17, Jesus is given some last-minute instructions to his disciples at the Last Supper. And it's during this time that Jesus shares some of the most important insights about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, 15 through 18, uh, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Uh, 17, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And what he meant was, as in the person of the Holy Spirit, he was going to come. And so we've got to imagine how this must have been for the disciples. Three years they had followed him. They had seen him work and move, and they'd worked miracles through him. And now he's telling them it's time for him to go. And it's a shock. Now, he had prepped them. This wasn't, this isn't the only time. He's, he told them time and again. You read through the Gospels, you'll see. He, I mean, he, he was trying, he prepared them. He told them again and again, but they just kind of, you know, they're kind of like us, you know. <laughs> they didn't catch it the first, second, or third time, you know. And so uh, now, he, now he's saying it's, it's time, and they're shocked. But he reassures them that he's not leaving them like orphans all alone, but they were going to receive another helper, the Holy Spirit, who would stay with them always. Now, Jesus identifies the Holy Spirit in a way that would describe his influence towards us or in our lives as believers. Four times in three chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the helper. Now tell yourself, I need a lot of help. And that's why the Holy Spirit has been given to us and lives inside us. Uh, in John 15, verse 26, Jesus says, and this is in the Amplified, but when the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Advocate, Intercessor, Strengthener, Standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes or proceeds from the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. John 16, 5 through 7, Jesus said, But now I go, to, go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. You get it? He says, I'm, I'm not, I'm telling you this is the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And so again, you have to uh, imagine how this must have sounded to the disciples. Uh, Jesus saying, I'm going away, but it really is better that I go away. Now, I, I imagine that if I had been uh, with Jesus at that time, I would have thought, hey, uh, you know what? Just hang out. Stick around. As long as you're here, we're good. We're golden. Uh, just uh, don't go, you know. But he said it's to your advantage. And, and, and it was important for them, and listen, for us to know how critical the Holy Spirit's presence and influence would be. And so tonight we're going to begin with a look at who the Holy Spirit is. And it's, it's uh, who is the Holy Spirit? It's a big question. As big as God himself, right? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Roman number one, is a person. He is not an it. The Holy Spirit's a person. 
Now, I think some people have a hard time picturing him as a person. God the Father may not be as hard to picture as a person because Jesus personalized him. The Father, the Father, we know he's our, he's our Father, and so we picture him as our Father, Father God, right? Abba, Father. Jesus, uh, we can picture him as a person because God became a man, God-man, and he's uh, Jesus, the Son, the Son of God. Uh, we know him as a person because he is God the Son, Right? But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, some people may have a hard time imagining him being a person because, and I think it may be because of how he is referred to in the Scripture, uh, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And so some people imagine him as being this impersonal force or power of God, just, you know, kind of that. And this is why Jesus spoke of him in the previous scriptures as being the helper or the comforter. Uh, if does everybody have this lesson? Did you come? Did everybody got it? Good, good deal. Uh, Jesus wanted us to know that the Holy Spirit isn't just this impersonal force, but listen, a very personal person. Okay. So tell yourself, he's not an it. It's important to know that. Uh, he is a personal person. Now, as a person, he has a personality. Now, I know that's kind of, some of you may think kind of like, well, duh, you know, a person has a personality. But this is really, it's, it is an important distinction to make, knowing this, uh, will help us relate to him better. He has a personality. Having a personality means he has feelings. And there are a number of scriptures that point to this, so there are just a couple things I'm going to kind of bring out uh, tonight, and one of them is we are cautioned not to grieve yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So Ephesians chapter... Hold on. Well, I didn't get that in my, anyway, it's not on the, the screen, so just look at your notes, and you who are looking online, uh, just write it down and look it up. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse 30, Paul is writing, he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. This word grieve literally means to make sorry or sad. Now, this, is a, this really is an incredible statement when you think about it. You and I have the ability to make the Holy Spirit sad. Doesn't that just kind of, doesn't that blow your mind? We have the ability to make Him sad. And so, uh, as I w was thinking about this, I, and I really, I, man, I don't want to make God sad. I don't want to make the Holy Spirit sad, and I know you don't either, right? Thank you. Uh, later in this series, as we get into it, we're going to talk about how specifically we can sadden the Holy Spirit, and it may surprise you, but it has to do a, a lot to do with how we treat each other and how, what we say, what we do, and all that to each other, grieving the Holy Spirit. There's 
Uh, one time that it really is seared into my memory when I know I grieve the Holy Spirit. I was a young pastor. I'd just been pastoring uh, several months, went to a Bible conference, and uh, I was kind of full of myself. I, I went uh, out to, after an evening service with some friends of mine, and we're all laughing, joking, and just kind of uh, goofing off, eating. But I, as we're talking, I brought up this world-famous evangelist. I'm not going to mention his name. Everybody here will have would have known him. It's not Billy Graham, another guy. Anyway, and, but I, and there was a criticism I made about something that he said God had told him to build, and I felt at the time that it was kind of dumb, and I said so. I made a very critical comment, uh, feeling kind of self-important, you know, and like I knew what God liked, everything God liked, and what God didn't like. And uh, I, so I just kind of blurted out. I said something. I'm not even going to tell you what I said. It wasn't cussing or anything. But to this day, I get queasy feeling thinking about what I said. Because after I spoke those words, and we're sitting at a t table just eating and uh, laughing, and, and nobody else even knew what was going on inside of me. But as soon as I spoke those words, I felt my inside just go, mmm. And I knew. I, I mean, I felt bad. And I don't mean just, ah, I felt kind of bad. I mean, I felt really bad. And I knew that I had grieved the Holy Spirit and speaking against this, this man of God and thinking that I just knew what God liked and what he didn't like. And, and the Holy Spirit let me know I may not know as much as what I think. Maybe I ought to reserve my opinions like that to myself. And so I, I, I tell you, to this, it taught me a lesson. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit has feelings. The Bible says he can be grieved. It also says the Holy Spirit can be insulted. That's a mind blower. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29 says, Of how much worse punishment do you suppose he will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. That's one of those verses that kind of makes you go, whoo, like that, right? And so, you know, people who mock and ridicule Jesus' sacrifice and suffering for our salvation, you know what? They offend the Holy Spirit. And comedians just feel like they can mock Jesus. They mock that some of them mock what he did, dying on the cross and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, it makes me nervous for them. And not that, you know, God loves them, wants to bring them. But, man, you just, we don't want to insult the Holy Spirit, right? And so he is a person, has very real and very strong feelings, okay? Now, B. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. He's not just the force or the power of God. He is God. Uh, someone said that the, the uh, Holy Spirit is the forgotten member of the Trinity. Uh, a lot of believers talk about the Father and the Son, may not talk as much about the Holy Spirit. Now, I do believe we're living in a time where that's changing a lot. And he is becoming 
better recognized, better understood, and the way he moves. And that's why we're having this class is to give us a better understanding of who he is. And because the better we understand the Holy Spirit, the better we understand and know who God is. Right? Throughout the Bible, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are revealed together in the same verses. Uh, and I'll just pause for a moment here. I've got a, a class that I did years ago on the Trinity, and uh, I wouldn't be able to print them up tonight. If I'd thought beforehand about it, I, I would have. But uh, if you'd like a copy of that class, the Trinity, then hit me up or my wife, Cindy. She's waving at you right there. See, that's Cindy. Everybody say, hi, Cindy. Hi, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, uh, I'll, I'll get some of those run up. It's, it's really, it's an informative class. A lot of confusion about this because uh, people don't understand how, how God can be. He is one God, one God, but three distinct persons, personalities. And so how that all works, people, it's, it's one of those things, you, you know, uh, God, he's a little big for our understanding, but he is revealed in the, in the Bible, in John chapter 14, 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And so Jesus is talking about himself, I, the Son, he says, I will ask the Father, and he, the Holy Spirit, will come and stay with us forever. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit are referred to in the same verse. John 14, uh, 26 uh, is a similar description, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, will, will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things uh, to your remembrance that I said to you. So the Father, Son, and the Spirit, one God, yet three working together, distinct personalities, okay? Matthew 28, verse 19, therefore... Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So uh, God is not three gods. He's one God, right? Three distinct persons or personalities. And we really need to get to know all three. One God, three personalities. We need to know the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside every believer. You gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And tell yourself, He lives in me. Uh, so we're going to go now in, in the, the latter part of this class and look at three dimensions of the Holy Spirit. And as we go through them, we need to remember this is who lives in us. He lives in us. And this will make a difference in how we see God how we see ourselves, and our circumstances because God lives in us. Now, all of the, these three dimensions that we're going to talk about all begin with the prefix omni, which is Latin for all. So the first, because the Holy Spirit is God, He is omniscient. Omniscient simply means all-knowing. And that means that God knows everything there is to know about everything. He is the original know-it-all. I used to have a friend in high school, and we, 
I won't say his name because this is being recorded, uh, but, <laughs> but he was one of these guys that just was a know-it-all. We called him know-it-all and then his last name, know-it-all, that guy, you know, know-it-all. I've known some, some preachers who seem to be know-it-all. Uh, some of you heard me story of a missionary uh, guy that I knew in Africa, and, and you couldn't tell this guy anything. I mean, nothing. He knew it all, and he would say, well, he had this real deep voice, and he would just say, well, I know that. <laughs> well, you see, I know that. And say, just, so we were kind of carnal sometimes, and we called him know-it-all, that guy. So anyway, all of us have met somebody that kind of were like know-it-alls, right? They, didn't, they don't know it all. Nobody knows it all except God. He is a know-it-all. A more complete definition of omniscience is the attribute of God by which God perfectly, listen to this, God perfectly and eternally knows all things which can be known, past, present, and future. He's omniscient. The Holy Spirit in us has knowledge, all knowledge, about the past, present, and future. And so the helper, listen, the helper living in us has perfect knowledge about everything that has to do with us. Now, that ought to help us. He has complete understanding about every circumstance in our life, past, present, and future. And he knows how to help us deal with the effects of those circumstances. There are so many of us as believers that uh, can be chained to memories from the past. And the Holy Spirit can break those chains, will break those, if we allow him to. The past does need not, as believers in Jesus Christ, need not haunt us. The shame of our past, the uh, the uh, abuses that we may have experienced in our past. And I'm not belittling the impact of some of these things that have happened in lives. It's horrific, some of the things that have happened to us, and I'm sure that have happened to those of us here in this place. But listen, the Holy Spirit in us helps us to be able to get beyond, and I, it, it, you may not forget all of that, but he can help us and heal us to where we go on and where those things can actually become an area that God flips around and uses it as a strength for us to help others. He does that all the time. He's, uh, he is, uh, he, God knows about what's going on right now. Every one of our lives, God, you, can I tell you something? God knows. The Holy Spirit in you he knows. And it's not like he's just sitting all out by on, on the sidelines going, yeah, gosh, I know, I know. And we're, we cry out and all that, and the Holy Spirit just off on the side going, I know. <laughs> it isn't like that. Knowing he brings intervention, helps us with our prayer, and the future. There are a lot of us that are concerned about the future. Man, that, we live in weird times, don't we? I mean, gosh, we look at the economy and stuff in the economy and, 
and wars and the threat of, of all this stuff, of pestilence and all that. Man, you would almost think we might be living in the last days or something. But listen, the Holy Spirit in us, no matter what day, you know, the, the early church, the first century church, they lived in some pretty rough times. They were persecuted, they were killed, they were sewn up in animal skins and thrown into the, uh, the uh, arenas and torn apart by wild animals, you know. And, and uh, so we need to understand that the Holy Spirit that helped them then is the Holy Spirit that's going to help us now and in our future. He's omniscient. He knows everything about our tomorrows, and he'll be there for us. Because you know why? Because he's always there. Past, present, future. Okay, number two, because the Holy Spirit is God, he is also omnipotent. I like this. He is all-powerful. Jeremiah 32, 27. Gosh, I, I just got carried away. and Yeah, I just, sorry if you're viewing online. I just went, blew through a whole bunch of scriptures and didn't put them on. But here we are again. Jeremiah 20, or sorry, 32, 27. God is speaking. He says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And we answer, nope. Yeah. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, Jesus says, for nothing is impossible with God. Don't you like that? Nothing. Nothing is impossible. That means no matter what it is, nothing is impossible with Him. We need to understand this, and that is, this is going to be a revelation to you, nothing is impossible with God. Uh, Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now there is so much revealed about his all-powerful nature in this verse. God is able to do. God is able to do. Aren't you glad that he is able to do? He is uh, omnipotent, all-powerful. Uh, the God who lives in us has ultimate ability. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He has plans and purposes for us that will blow our minds. He is a mind-blowing God, and His power is infinite. He's all-powerful. I have seen this verse, uh, uh, Ephesians 3 verse 20, come to pass in my life over the years. God has done things that were beyond what I imagine that he could do. He, I've, I've seen him uh, work countless miracles over the years. Thank God for that. little crippled girl in Mexico that had, was born with a dead leg, and the power of God touched her, and she walked, as a little three-year-old girl, for the first time on that leg that had no life in it. God restored life to it. A woman in the Philippines on a conference or a, a crusade uh, one night uh, saw, I noticed her before the crusade. She had a, like the man in the Bible, the withered hand, a withered hand. Uh, but the, we just prayed a simple mass prayer, and the power of God touched that woman and restored that, that paralyzed hand. And again and again, I've got 
friend that many of you know, uh, Alex Chambaro, who's raised several people from the dead. And he has pastors who have raised people from the dead in, in Africa. And so all of these things. And then beyond that is what he does inside our hearts. Yeah. Miracle of miracles. Uh, he sets us free from from addictions and bondages. Uh, drug addicts can be, are set free. Alcoholics can be set free. People uh, bound with uh, perversion can be released, set free. Hey, even some of those religious people who have never really gotten saved but just kind of went going through motions, trying to do the best they can, get born again and the power of God Break off that uh, those chains of just religiosity and bring a born-again experience. Good thing, huh? Because God is all-powerful. And, and all of this is according to the power that works in us. And I want you to tell yourself, in me. Uh, the source of that all-powerful nature that lives in us is the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then lastly... Because the Holy Spirit is God, He is omnipresent. I like this one as well. I, I like all three of them. I like it. I just, don't you like God? Uh, he is omnipresent, all present. This means, listen, He is simultaneously everywhere. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10 uh, I believe David is the author of this, psalmist. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God's omnipresence means he transcends space, and time. Now listen to this. I like this statement. God isn't just everywhere at once. He's every when at once. <laughs> he not only is everywhere all right now, he's, he's been there, done that, and is already, he's living in a realm outside of time. He, is, he lives in the past, present, future all at the same time. Say, how is that possible? God. God. The Holy Spirit in us means, again, He is always there to help us deal with our past. He's there in our present circumstances, and He'll be in our future to help us with whatever comes our way. We need to know this. We need to take heart. Uh, he's the comforter. He's the helper. He's the strengthener. He is there to help us. And so we look at things in our lives and we wonder, how am I going to deal with this? The Holy Spirit helps us. He's our helper. He's God. He's God. God in us. Dwells in us. Bides with us. Jesus said he'll bide with you forever. He doesn't come and go. Come on, y'all. He didn't come and go. It's not like, man, I really felt God in that service uh, tonight. And then we go outside, get in the car, and somebody uh, does something in another car and gets us mad. And we just, uh, man, I felt so good in that service. But now I just feel like I hate that person. 
You know, where do and the, we think the Holy Spirit just so he was here, but then he left. He he was here, but now he's gone. Oh, Holy Spirit, come back, come back! Don't leave me, don't leave. Jesus said he's he's doesn't just come and go. Now we may our feelings may change and all that. We don't always sense him like we do uh, all the time, right? Our feelings can change. He doesn't. Aren't you glad? He comes, he'll, Jesus said he'll abide with you forever, for, Sandlot, forever. Yeah, that. <laughs> Dr. Tony Evans, he has a great way of, of expressing how all these three attributes work together. He says, there's nothing God does not know, that's his omniscience. There's no place where he does not exist, that's his omnipresence. But that's not all. There is nothing God cannot do. That's his omnipotence. He's a big God, and he lives inside of us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So don't miss next week. If you can possibly be here, be there the next several weeks. Next week, we're going to look specifically at some of the ways the Holy Spirit helps us. And it's more than you may have thought because God's a big God. All right, let's bow our heads. I want to lead you in a prayer and confession, and now I just want to pray over us before we leave tonight. I want you to just repeat this, if you will, with me. Thank you, Father, for giving me the Holy Spirit. I believe He lives in me and will abide with me forever. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus, for never leaving me alone. You sent the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to live in me, to help me in every area of my life. Thank you for His constant presence. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Now, Holy Spirit, just bring manifestation of yourself in our lives afresh tonight. Uh, there are those here and viewing online that are dealing with all kinds of things. Some may be memories and hurts and wounds and scars from the past. Bring Holy Spirit help, help tonight. Bring your help, heal scars, bring and, and cause an, uh, uh, help those that are here that are harboring bitterness or unforgiveness. Holy Spirit, only you can bring that ability to forgive in some of these circumstances. You can do that. We believe in your power and ability to break the bonds of bitterness and unforgiveness. Tonight, Holy Spirit, help us with our now and the things that we're dealing with today. There are those here tonight that are dealing with financial issues or troubling circumstances in their families home. Holy Spirit, help us. Help tonight. Bring aid and bring comfort. Bring strength, Holy Spirit. And for our future, we depend on you. You will be there. You are omniscient. You know everything. You are omnipresent. You will be there for us. Your presence will be there. Your power will be there because you're omnipotent. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our tomorrows. We look with confidence, hope, and assurance in the future because, God, 
you live in us. Holy Spirit, you abide with us. You will empower us uh, to not only uh, uh, maintain, but to overcome and to see you move with power in our lives, bringing influence through us to touch other lives with Jesus and to make Jesus known. Help us, empower us, Holy Spirit. We, sh we are endued. We are uh, filled with your power, Holy Spirit, to be able to be witnesses and to tell the world about the goodness of Jesus. And we thank you for all these things. Thank you for who you are to us and what you're revealing of yourself to us. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Made myself happy tonight. I feel the Holy Spirit tonight. I may not always feel thing, but I tell you, I feel Him. I sense Him tonight. And you know what? The more we dwell on Him, the more we think about Him, learn about Him, the more we'll experience the reality of Him in our lives. Amen. God bless you. God love you. See you later. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.